Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in to Sunday Funday with Sox on Tap. I am Johnny Nani. I've got NWI Steve alongside me here after the White Sox fall to the Astros 4-3 in the series finale. Steve, um, you know, a little Mickey Mouse game going out there down in Houston. What do you say? Hey, oh, Johnny. Yeah, it's it's hard to be mad about this game here. Sox, you know, had some opportunities to score some runs, particularly early on in this game here. But the difference was a couple of Mickey Mouse home runs there because of a gimmick ballpark. So what are you going to do? Just chalk it up. Yeah. So the title of this episode is GFY Crawford Boxes, because you go and look at those. I love the Twitter account, Steve Wood It Dong, and it shows, you know, which ballparks or uh, how many ballparks a certain fly ball or an out would be in a home run or excuse me, a home run in a certain ballpark. And it was the first one was only two out of 30 ballparks. And the second one was only four out of 30 ballparks. That's the definition of Mickey Mouse bullshit. And we've seen it before, like in the short ports at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And, you know, they showed that graphic on uh, the horrendous ESPN broadcast during the game about, <laughs> you know, the, the gimmick ballparks that are out there, the ones that will see home runs that are specific to their ballparks that would not be home runs in the vast majority of, of the league. And, um, you know, the juice box down there in Houston was near the top of the list. There was some of those bullshit home runs in the Crawford boxes. And unfortunately tonight, Michael Kopech was the victim of two of those. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, we can talk about Michael Kopech here. We got to talk about a little bit of offense that was going on, but Hey, uh, we didn't have a show after Saturday. So just real quick, that one felt good, and obviously I think we'd have a much different tone here if they didn't do what they did on Saturday afternoon to Justin Verlander. Yeah, anytime that you can see the Sox go out there and just pummel Justin Verlander the way they did, it warms my heart. He has been an absolute pain in my ass and a terror for you know the last 16 years of my life. So anytime that he has to wear one and take the L, you go to bed that night feeling a little bit better. Yeah, and yeah, the manner in which they did a 7-0 shutout uh, of the Astros on Saturday afternoon. Um, that at least gets us through this weekend, and now we get to come back home uh, after this, hopefully regroup a little bit and uh, take it to maybe some teams that aren't as, uh, you know, high quality as the Astros are, at least in terms of uh, where they're in the standings and whatnot. So, all right, uh, let's get to this game, though, here on the Sunday night baseball broadcast. Steve, um, Michael Kopech taking the mound, um, obviously, the situation with him having to lose a start after two outs last week, a uh, week ago today, actually, um, with hearing that pop in the knee could have been really scary. He had some fluid drain during the week, said he felt good to go. Um, he did indeed go, and he went five innings tonight. But like you said, got dinged by a couple of, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse home runs there. But overall, give me your takeaways from Michael Kopech. Tonight. You know, overall, he, he was fine. The velocity was a little bit down, a um, couple of ticks, and they did comment on that during the broadcast there he was working behind and counts a little bit more tonight even though i think he only had one or two walks over the course of, of the five innings there but overall the stuff was just okay and it 
just kind of one of those starts where you go out there, you you don't necessarily have your your top level stuff, and you got to do it against a team in their ballpark that has really been the best team in the American League for much of the last five seasons. So he went out there and he battled, and you feel okay about it. Not good, not terrible. But, you know, given that first start coming off of the knee issue last weekend against the Texas Rangers, um, you got to feel OK about it. Now, what's really going to be interesting is to see how he feels physically tomorrow yes. after going through the rigors of a five inning start there. Um, the the wear and tear and, and the pushing off of on the knee. So how he responds to this tomorrow and Tuesday and then in, into um, potentially, you know, Wednesday when he would throw his next bullpen. That's really going to be the biggest test here. Yeah, definitely. I was you read my mind. I was going to bring that up. It will be interesting to see. Uh, he went seventy five pitches tonight, so not like a super super long outing, but he did give you five here. Uh, only four uh, earned runs when you're looking at uh, the line across the board here. Did strike out four. It was only one walk that he had allowed mm-hmm. there. So once again, overall not terrible. And it could, I think the worst case scenario would have him retweaking the knee. Um, that, that definitely would have been. So I am thankful for that. Obviously, you want to win the game here, but. Um, same time you're getting those are flyouts and other ballparks for some yeah. of those home runs so you take those away and then you're talking about a possible white Sox winner because they manufactured their runs in this game steve i know they wasted a few opportunities uh in this one but hey uh, before we get into some of the negatives about that how about you know Luis robert aj pollock there's a streak of guys here now that are hot and that's weird to say because at the beginning of the year not one single guy on the team was hot Yeah, it's nice to see a couple of these guys starting to pick up the slack a little bit. Luis Robertson's coming back from the COVID IL has, he's been just okay. The power hasn't really been there. It's maybe starting to manifest itself a little bit here over the last two days. He's got a pair of doubles mixed in here. So hopefully he's starting to get that power stroke back a little bit, starting to drive the ball with a little bit more uh, regularity. He's actually been taking pitches on occasion here, which that was really the biggest concern that I had initially was he was just going out there first pitch, just in swing mode right away. It just seemed as though he wasn't comfortable at the plate. It seems like he's starting to get a little more comfortable back in the box now. And I think we are probably getting a little bit closer to him getting back to being the explosive offensive player that he can be for extended periods of time here. And that's something that hopefully coming back home tomorrow, he can help kind of carry this team a little bit the, the, like we I think we talked about with other guys as they come along during the season I think he's taking he's taking the steps he's going up the staircase right now so as soon as he gets that plateau and that kind of coincides with him elevating the ball too uh, I think that's something that we all want to see there but uh is he did freaking smoke that RBI double uh, that he hit tonight so that was good to see it you know popping off the bat like we know uh he can really drive and he had a foul ball too that he just got out in front of but yeah like, that that it. was the one that was the one that hurt a little yeah. bit because he he knew, he knew it too yeah. that that was the one that he should have hit over the fucking railroad tracks right there and he just got a little too anxious in the box out there and uh you know that's just part of the game I guess yeah right it would have been uh, nice and that would not if he would have straightened that thing out uh it would not have been a no excuse me it would have been a no doubter unlike the Mickey Mouse home run yeah the Astros hit tonight so I'll, I'll yeah. keep hammering that point home since that is the title of this episode here uh, so all right uh let's talk about this and it's the bottom of the lineup Steve that is you know just Come on, when you're looking at this, I'll just, I'll just read off the names. You got Reese McGuire, Josh Harrison, Adam Hazley. Actually, I will give Reese a little bit of credit. He did have a double earlier in this game. But, man, when you go down to the bottom of the order there, and, of course, that's where the White Sox had a couple of runners on base early in this game. Um, I believe that was the top of the second when they left him there. That's a Harrison weak pop-out. All he needed to do to get a run home, obviously, you'd like to see a single bring two home there. All he needed to do to get a run home, though, was hit a decent fly ball. 
couldn't do that. And then Adam Hazley looking at a strike right down fucking Broadway. Yeah, that was a very frustrating inning right there. Obviously, the Astros score top or excuse me, bottom part of the first inning. So they get on the board early. Sox have a chance to answer back Reese McGuire. He's really been swinging the bat pretty well for the last couple of weeks, was able to uh, squeeze one into the left center field gap there for, for a double, setting up that second and third situation there. And we've just seen this far too often this year. This team gets in positions where they have runners in scoring position with less than two outs and the bottom part of the order coming up, guys that are not swinging the bats particularly well and then just giving away at bats. I think that's the most frustrating thing is, Josh, if you go back and if you look, that pitch that Josh Harrison swung at was, you know, elevated up out of the strike zone. And then we see that from him too often. He just refuses to take pitches out of the strike zone. And the only hope is with T.A. coming back tomorrow, being at the top of the lineup, maybe just maybe we'll get lucky. And this is the last time we have to watch Josh Harrison step in a batter's box for the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, right. Um, I think that's all kind of what we're looking forward to. You wrote a nice uh, article at ontapsportsnet.com talking about another guy who can help fill this void, and uh, it's been a topic of much conversation, and rightfully so, because he's given us a reason to do so, and that would be Danny Mendick potentially sliding over to second base there. Uh, and you uh, kind of uh, outlined his numbers, what he's done to date, you know, uh, what the underlying metrics are. Um, but go, go check that out on tapsportscent.com if you want a little more insight, uh, listeners, into what uh, the White Sox may possibly be doing and what they could get uh, out of Danny Mendick. So um, th- that's something that you obviously you hope to see when you go and like you look at this. And then we're talking, you know, uh, top of the third, same thing. White Sox leave runners on first and second here. Uh, and who is it? Josh Harrison uh, with the fly out uh, at the end of that thing as well. Um, and it's just not it's not it's not productive. I, th- I don't know how else to say that, Steve. <laughs> You talk about this all the time, Johnny. You have to be opportunistic. Yeah. You then you go and and you look at. I think it was the was the fourth or the fifth inning when the Sox, you know, were able to get on the board after that Luis Robert RBI double and Jose Abreu comes up with an opportunity to get this game tied up. Not a great bat from Jose in that spot. He's obviously been one of the biggest run producers for this team this season and since he put on a White Sox uniform, but that was not a great at bat out of him in a position where he did have an opportunity to tie this game up. So they had their chances early on in this game and even innings where they weren't accumulating base runners. Uh, Christian Javier was missing out over the plate with a number of fastballs early on in this game. And the Sox just simply were not taking advantage of it. I felt overall the at-bats were pretty good for the most part against Javier. They worked up a pretty good pitch count on him. He was at, I think, 96 pitches through five innings. So to see the Sox offense be able to do that, they fouled off a number of pitches, worked some lengthy at-bats on him. So overall, he felt okay about that offensive approach, but it's just the timely hitting just simply wasn't there. And this has been kind of a continuation of something we've seen almost the entirety of the season. Right. Yeah. Uh, you'd like to see that. That was the fifth inning that you're talking about there uh, when Luis Robert had driven in the run. And then uh, that pedo instance there, uh, White Sox were able to get a uh, pair back in the top of the eighth, make it a close game there uh, with an AJ Pollock triple. Hey, I guess we didn't hit him out of the Crawford boxes, but we used their weird caroms uh, for AJ Pollock to get a triple down the left field line, which is kind of weird to even see. Yeah, that was a very, very odd ricochet that that thing took off the bottom of that left field scoreboard um, in Houston. I've been in that ballpark and seen it. 
I can't ever remember seeing a ball take that kind of an angle when it hit the scoreboard down there. So that was an opportunistic situation right there. Uh, AJ Pollock, again, continuing to swing the bat pretty well for this team, really getting hot over the last couple of weeks, being the player that the Sox thought that they were acquiring when they sent him, or excuse me, when they acquired him uh, from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, it wasn't, I, I didn't see it, but I, I heard uh, there's a little dust up with uh, Craig Kimbrell, and he hasn't been uh, too great. So, uh, you know, I think that's where the trade's working out all right for the White Sox so far. Weird, weird because, you know, I, I was told by certain members of White Sox Twitter early on in the season that they wish that uh, Craig Kimbrell was here instead of Liam Hendricks. But, you know, how's that working out? Okay. Yeah, right. And I just, you know, it's, we saw what happened with Kimbrell last year. And then Pollock, you need to not feel bad. Like, imagine where they'd be. Uh, you're talking about filling these roles you'd be seeing a lot more of adam hazily and shit if you didn't have aj pollock in this mix so um you know enjoy the hot streak while it's here yeah um, that's all i'm gonna say about aj pollock there uh he just continues to hit for the white Sox. so that is one positive here uh that we're taking away i mean we, we covered most of the steve you know uh the, the home runs there uh the copec um you know lack of execution there in some situations but overall once again i think a loss that we don't feel too too terrible about um and we get to come back home. I'm, I'm excited for the boys to come back home. They had a nice long home stretch here. Uh, sure, the Blue Jays had swept them up in Toronto, um, but then you get the Orioles after that. And I think the White Sox may be a little bit better aligned here because Lance Lynn is making his home debut in front of the Southside crowd on Monday in the series opener against Toronto. You and I will be there together. We'll fuel up. Hashtag confirmed. Right. We'll fuel up Wings and Rings before. Listen to ZZ Top, drink some beers in the parking lot, head in, watch the big fella shove. I can't wait, Steve. I know he's still probably not going to be where he wants to be physically, but the energy, like you and I talked about after his first start of the season, unmatched. Nobody else can get to that level of energy, and I think that's big for a White Sox team that is where they are in the standings right now. I'm very excited to see the big bastard toe the rubber tomorrow night. I just have to wonder how excited he is that his major or excuse me that his season debut has to be in the south in the uh college softball uniforms tomorrow. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's college softball Monday on the south side. Um I I'm sure Lance he probably isn't thrilled about that if we're being totally honest with you, but he's a he's a gamer. He's going to want to go out there and I'm just kind of curious what inning do you think the first nut grab is going to be in? Mm. I'll, I'll go second inning tomorrow. Okay. Second inning, yeah. I think it was what third inning last time out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So that's that's really going to be interesting here. I, I think we may have to consult um, some of the crew over at uh, On Tap Bats to see right. what the Vegas line is on that. But you know, it's coming at some point. And just like you talked about, the energy that he brings there, the fire and the passion. I mean, this is a guy that uh, represents Chicago tough. So get that big bastard out there on the mound. Let's go. Yeah. TWTW. And I, I think, you know, uh, after, you know, last week it was early when the Tigers, they obviously had an approach and they were going to jump on them. I, I will be interested to see what the Blue Jays approach is uh, at this point. Obviously the very small sample size for this year uh, that you've got um, when you're talking about, it's only one outing here. I would imagine they might be uh, in that same kind of approach, but if they're overzealous on that and Lance can spot a little bit better, that could play into his favor and get a few more strikeouts on the board. Absolutely. And that'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, how Lance is going to approach that. We we know he is about a 90% fastball pitcher. He will cut it. He'll sink it. He's got the four seamer. So you'll see some different variations of it. You got to kind of wonder maybe if he will try to work in a few more breaking balls 
tomorrow with this Toronto Blue Jays lineup. I think especially, you know, maybe with guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., George Springer, guys that will be very aggressive early in counts and aggressive with intent to do damage. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch tomorrow. Yeah, no, I am. I'm intrigued, but either way, just like I said, the energy, I think, I don't know about you, but me personally, like when I wake up and I know it's a Lancelin, I just got a little extra pep in my step just from knowing I'm gonna be able to watch him out there doing his thing and with all the antics and the, you know, the, the fuck you mentality that comes with it. I don't know. It, it just, it livens me up, Steve. I hope it does for you and other White Sox. Fans. No, hundred percent. We've talked about this on, on the show a number of times. I think a lot of pitching is about mindset and you have to go out there and you have to throw pitches with conviction and you have to believe that whatever you are throwing that whoever is standing in that batter's box is not going to hit you and you know lance lynn has that mindset he has the the belief that he is better than whoever steps in that batter's box he's gonna go right at him and he's gonna say here it comes motherfucker hit it because i don't think you can right sometimes he's gonna get beat that's okay. That that happens. He's a competitor, but I love that mindset. He's out there. He's constantly in attack mode from the minute he steps on that mound because he believes it is his mound out there, and that's what I want to see. He's aggressively confident, and I like that. You need a guy like that leading your staff, so I'm very happy to have him back in the mix. All right. Something else you alluded to earlier, because it's not just, you know, Lance Lynn home debut. Good to see him. It'll be the first time in a few weeks we've seen one Mr. Tim Anderson expected to join the team. Tony Larusa hashtag confirmed today that Tim Anderson will be in the lineup leading off playing shortstop uh, for the series. No pair against the Blue Jays. I know he's one of your favorites, one of all White Sox fans favorites, but hey, hey, Tim, a back going to be great. This is going to be really interesting to see, you know, you add in the elements of Tim Anderson and of Lance Lynn, two very emotional guys with this team. And they were able to hold serve in the absence of TA over the course of the last three weeks here. So you feel okay about it. You're coming home two games under 500, but you're still within striking distance. And hopefully now TA can come in there, provide again, a little bit of an offensive boost to this team that has actually been starting to swing the bats well over probably the last 10 days to for 10, 10 days to 14. So you add his bat and his energy back up there at the top of the lineup. And hopefully his legs are back hundred percent because we know the type of havoc that he can cause on the base path, not from a stealing base perspective, but being able to take that extra 90 feet going first to third, second to home on base hits. And those are the types of things that this team sorely needs because they're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark with consistency. And Tim can add that added element to this team here. So that's going to be interesting to watch with him out there. So you put those two guys back there out on the field tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting night at 35th and Shields. Yes, it, it most definitely will be. One of the most excited I've been for a Monday in forever. I, I got to say that. It absolutely was. I guess last Monday was one as well with Lancelin making his season debut. Uh, but obviously that was on the road. So we were just watching that. We'll be in person attending. I can't wait. Uh, going to be a good time, Steve. Um, a couple other things just w- with these returns. I like TA because we talk about set the tone. It's a very simple thing. Well, there's just something about a leadoff base hit when the White Sox come up, you know, come up to bat for the first time in the bottom of the first inning. And then he's, oh, Obviously, since he has a very nice opposite field approach, always the possibility of him sneaking one into that visitor's bullpen, too. That would be a nice sight tomorrow in the bottom of the first. I wouldn't be surprised if knowing that Jose Barrios is making the start for the Toronto Blue Jays. This is a guy that a lot of the guys in the White Sox lineup know well from his days with the Minnesota Twins. If he goes out there, tries to get a little careless with that first pitch fastball, 
Timmy's might just go try to put one on the fundamentals deck tomorrow there. So I will not be shocked if we see Tim put everything into that very first swing on that first pitch tomorrow, regardless. And Hey, it would be really nice to see this offense get on the board early here, courtesy of Mr. Tim Anderson tomorrow. Yeah, right, right. I think that's going to be a popular pick to click. We'll get to those in a little bit here, but we got to talk lineup construction when, you know, when Tim Anderson's coming back, that's already solidified. We know that Tony Lewis already hashtag confirmed it leading off shortstop. Um, there's no question about that. We knew he was going to be back there, but it's where do an Andrew Vaughn, AJ Pollock, uh, you got a couple of these guys here. Do you want to keep that consistency right there at the top? Obviously you have a new face in there from what was the kind of consistent before while he was out when you had the Pollock Vaughn, uh, Robert Abreu sort of set up there. What do you think? Give me a little just synopsis here. You don't need to run through the full lineup, but where do you put some of these guys that maybe could go either way? I think what you're going to see with the top five in the lineup is you're going to see T.A., Vaughn, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, A.J. Pollock. I think that's how Tony is going to line it up. And then six through nine is really going to be where the mixing and matching is going to come into play at the catcher position, uh, right field, et cetera. But I think those top five guys right there are going to be relatively solidified. We've seen... Tony LaRusso hitting AJ Pollock in the number five spot a little bit more here over the last week or so between kind of just shuffling him and Danny Mendick into that leadoff spot there. So I almost feel like that's where he's going to uh, cement AJ Pollock in the lineup here going forward. That that makes the most sense. I was just, you know, thinking with AJ Pollock, if you're riding the hot streak, he could be a possible option for number two, but at the same time, mm -hmm. Andrew Vaughn hitting for a better average and obviously has the, you know, just natural, hitting abilities that we all know he has a reason why he was a golden spikes winner and, you know, a top draft pick. So um, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. So I, I kind of concur with that lineup uh, in that same breath. Now can we pick the click who's getting it done tomorrow. I have no choice. I got to do it. I got to go. Mr. TA. I think he's going to look to start fast tomorrow. First pitch. Watch out in the left field bleachers. All right. I love it. Uh, I will go with that AJ Pollock. I like that triple today. I like how he's been hitting a lot of multi-hit games uh, over this past week. So um, I'll go back to him and probably in the five slot, AJ Pollock. So uh, we've got a good batch there. Steve um, is going to be a, hopefully a good hashtag set the tone game for the week because you win that one and do it in a fashion that is clean, crisp baseball. Maybe leave the yard a few times. Ball go far, team go far, stuff like that. I think that could bode well here because you just got three against Toronto here and then a four, four game weekend set against the Orioles. You could really do some bump slaying there. This is really important. This team, if they are going to make a move here, obviously first they have to get back to and above 500. That is the first milestone marker that they have to hit. But the other thing that they have to do is they have to start taking care of business at 35th and Shields, which they have not done this year. What a contrast from a year ago when they went out there, they won 50 games at home and really struggled on the road. This year, it's been just completely flipped. For whatever the reason, they are not playing well at home. And I don't think it's a coincidence when you consider the fact that this team has not hit the ball on the ballpark with consistency. No matter what happens here, with the deadening of the baseballs, whatever else is going on around the league, this will always be a ballpark that is going to be dependent upon the home run. And if this team can start hitting the ball out with regularity, good things should happen. It's going to be hot this week. Ball's going to be jumping. The ballpark is going to be very, very lively. So if this team is going to turn it around here, this is a pivotal week. Really need to see them find a way to go five and two this week. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know how they're going to do it, what what variation that's going to be, if it's going to be taking two against uh, the Blue Jays and then three out of four against Baltimore, but just some combination, some way, you got to win five out of these seven this week. Yep, I agree. That's a, that's a good, uh, you know, you said it's going to be lively uh, climate-wise, obviously, when you're talking about the ball jumping. It's going to be lively in the stand, Steve. I, I'm going to be at like three, four of these games. Um, I can't wait. But whenever they go on a road trip, even like obviously this one was only like six games. It feels like it's been like forever since I've been back to the ballpark every single time. So we'll we'll have the boys are back in town uh, blasting out in Lappy. I can't wait. Uh, It's going to be a good time. So, all right, uh, Steve, hit me with the final thought and then we can wrap up this edition of Socks on Tap Sunday Funday. At the end of the day, you had a four and two road trip, which I think everybody was expecting that when it started a week ago. So, yeah, they could have found a way to win this ball game here today. Ultimately, could have had a five and one road trip. It didn't happen, but four and two, you'll take that. You got to come home now, start taking care of business at 35th and Shields. Let's get on a roll here. Let's get this thing going. Yep, you you put it well there. I think the four and two uh, on the road trip. That's uh, you know, but it's, it's uh, a uh, satisfactory mark uh, for giving out a report card here at the end uh, evaluating this White Sox road trip. Uh, it was great to get Lance Lynn back, uh, obviously at the beginning, and now uh, starting kind of this new chapter of a homestand. Uh, it always just kind of feels like it turns the page a little bit when you come back from a road trip that's multiple series and then uh, get a chance at home. But don't play down. That's what I would be. Um, I, I do not want to see an instance of they had a big you know nice emotion win against the Yankees back at the end of May and then they come home and get absolutely shellacked uh, by the Red Sox there. Do not let that happen. Uh, I don't think with Tim Anderson and Lance Lynn in the uh, back in the mix here that will even be allowed uh, from an emotional standpoint. So um, I just hope that holds true and leave the leave the ballpark. We're going to see fireworks. We need to get our guy Tony some more fireworks. I want to be inhaling the sulfur there. We all want we, we want to see the White Sox put up crooked numbers could do that very easily. I love crooked numbers. Right. Just you can put it, do it very easily, efficiently by hitting home runs. So the White Sox should simply hit a lot of home runs this week. That's why I think that's a winning strategy from from you, Jonathan, right there. I I like that a lot. One other thing that is going to be interesting to keep an eye on here. The Jays are coming off of a very emotional come from behind victory today against the Yankees. They had a very tough three-game series this weekend, dropping two out of three. Their bullpen was taxed very heavily this weekend. They did not get a lot of length out of their stars. The Yankees are just bludgeoning people, putting up a lot of runs. So if the Sox can find a way to have success against Jose Barrios, which they have done many times in his uh, past life with the Minnesota Twins, and actually his one start earlier um, a couple of weeks ago, up north of the border here. If they can do that again and get into that bullpen early, it could hashtag set the tone for the remainder of this series. And that bullpen from Toronto, not very well rested. So you might have an opportunity here to steal some games. The Sox on tap scouting report. That's the on tap difference right here. I love it, Steve. I like the recon that you did uh, on the Blue Jays there because I had seen some of the scores. I know the Yankees were just on an absolute tear coming in there, um, and I did hear a little bit of noise about those comebacks, but I uh, didn't know from you that the bullpen is taxed. So utilize that. When other teams down, kick them in their area of weakness. So White Sox should make a point of that. All right, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, 
here socks on tap sunday funday we appreciate each and every one of you um make sure you join the comments when we do these live streams by subscribing on tap sports on youtube get a little notification whenever we go live and then you can jump in we'll feature your comments here have a little discussion about our beloved chicago white Sox. make sure you're visiting on tapsportsnet.com for all your chicago sports literature and podcasting needs give us a follow on social media at socks on tap and at on tap sportsnet until next time steve white Sox forever white Sox for life <laughs>